What up? What's up, y'all? Uh, welcome back. I know we've been gone for a while. This is the This is not that podcast. This is Raphael. As uh, Joanna always says, the homie. So go around and introduce yourself. Yeah, we're the homies. Y'all are my homies. Yes, this is Joanna. Glad to be back on the podcast. Like Rafi said, it's been a little bit, but here we are, ready to shoot the shit with y'all. Isaiah is present as well. That's not enough. Man. We've been going for a month now, y'all. We gotta let the folks know what we've been on. Like, I, for me, I've been laid up watching yeah. bad TV. You know, crying tears. Uh, how about you, Joanna? What you been on? <laughs> what you been on the last month? Hi, Rafi. It's it's been so sad not having you around, but I'm so glad that you're healing and doing well, and you're back with us. Um, Unattended. lots has been going down um so at work we launched the movement politics academy on october 6th yes i'm super super happy and excited about that so proud of all the work that's gone into that um we have 13 people from across the state participating in the academy folks that are interested in being involved in the political sector um, and like have the intentions and goals of moving and pushing our movement forward, right? Like we started the Academy as a training program to address the gap that I feel like is there when we are preparing and developing people into public leaders, right? Like the, it centers making sure that we're prepping folks to not just be decision makers and like folks that walk the halls of power, but to be people-centered decision makers. And mm-hmm. I am just, I'm just so excited. We're going on um, day three this evening. Uh, we have a session at six o'clock. Um, yeah. And I, I just can't wait to see, um, you know, what this program can produce, right? We're looking at a new, a new set of leaders um, and you know, the state is changing, this country is changing, and we got to do the prep work now to be ready for that change when it, when we're in full motion, right? Like when it, when it actually happens. Um, so yeah, I'm just excited for the Academy. Super happy that we've launched. Yeah, that's good um, to hear. That's good to hear that that's, uh, seems to be going, uh, that it's up and running and, uh, that there's a lot of enthusiasm around that. Yeah, no, I mean, I always told you since, uh, start at citizen action like you got the one of the most important jobs in the state like identifying the new bench of talents um to run for office is so important really for us as uh people who are in the movement and been doing this a while we could like we talked today i think in our last episode being in this political death cycle of you know people getting we, we identify a person we support the person they get in office they do nothing right and then we like what do we do to hold them accountable once it and like I think what you're doing with this movement politics economy is identifying people early on within the pro- progressive ideology to run for office and not just waiting for a champion to come in and save us. We're building up those champions to do it, right? And coming from the grassroots, I think that's so important. So I'm yeah. excited, El John. Absolutely, right? Like movement politics, the goal is for that to transform into movement governing, right? Like we need leaders that are going to be in office that are going to hold this this political movement, the movement that we're in, that the people are immersed in, um, hold it at the core of their legislating, right? Like hold it at the mm-hmm. core of their governing and how, and they're going to think about it all the time when they're, like I said, walking these halls of power and making decisions. Um, and so we really need to be intentional about 
developing leaders to, like I said, be people-centered leaders. And yes, I'm just, I appreciate the support guys. Super, super happy. If anybody else is interested and want to talk more about the Academy, please hit me up. Um, this is going to be something that we're going to keep doing hopefully once a year. Yeah. And I can, I can say just having, um, having, um, uh, worked on the stories I've worked on over the last year that it's been really interesting to see kind of the transformation or the metamorphosis of people who started out as kind of just politically engaged people protesting in the streets. And then they eventually became, uh, you know, they transitioned to uh, being in the streets to doing like organized demonstrations and speaking at uh like committee meetings in like the Capitol and stuff. And now some of those people are thinking about running for various kinds of office or what, or whatnot. So it's interesting to see that trickle up effect, uh, I guess, uh, where you get these people who are really passionate about, about societal change and they continue to change their strategies to actually make it happen, you know? Yeah, I mean, one of the worst things that happen with inaction that comes from the political system is people become apathetic to the overall system and they pull away from the system. <laughs> and you need folks who want to inspire folks to get back in, right? And I know as a person who's been in the city of Milwaukee my whole life, I, I, it's been multiple times in my life where I just like forget the electoral system, electoral politics. It's not going to be, that's not going to, that's where we're going to, and I still probably have a lot of that in me. Uh, and that's why I think it's so necessary for us to build those grassroots individual run office to give people hope again that the electoral system can actually work. Because if we completely pull away from it, it just sees a lot of power to, to individuals um, who are currently uh, running things. I think it's definitely a, it's not everything uh, like some people like to try to make it out to be, but I think it is a, a playing field that we have to, you know, play on, right? And there's no better you know, way to play on it than identifying people from the grassroots level to, to run off of office, right? That we know are really committed and have real skin in the game to make these changes happen. So, you know, right. And again. I feel like, and I feel like this is something you say often, Rafi, right? Like folks are always talking about like the inside outside strategy, right? Um, and yes, but like, I think that we have, we need to flip that. Like what you say, right. It's the outside inside strategy, yes, right? Like we need to, we need to start on the outside and then work our way in. And I think that that's what this Academy is doing, right. It's developing these relationships with folks on the front end, right. Like saying, we're going to be here. We're going to work with you. We're going to get you elected. And then once you get elected, we're going to still continue to be here and we're going to actually co-govern together. Um, right. So that we don't lose our priorities, right? Like we don't lose the reason why we, we started and why we're here. Um, because you know, I, I can't, I'm, that's, that's my thing, right. Being involved in the political part of, of this movement and, you know, not having a strategy and not being intentional about how we're doing that, right. How we're electing people and who we're electing, I believe is, you know, leaving power on the table and, and we got to make sure that we're, we have our hands in all, you know, possible outlets to, for, you know, to see the change that we need. Right. Hey, let me ask you a question, Joanna. Like, how do you think this is the best way to hold people accountable on, how do we prepare ourselves for accountability on the back end? Right. Let me just give a quick story. Like I was talking to my aunt and she told me, and this is no diss, this is, this is where I am politically. She told me she had already given money 
to Mandela Barnes, right? She had already given money to Mandela Barnes. And I was like, have you seen an agenda? Do you know what he's like running on? Like, and she's like, no, I'm just supporting him because he's a young black man. And, you know, I, I you know, I want to see a black mayor in my lifetime. She's like 65. And I, I've supported all these other bad politicians. Um, so I might as well give this brother a shot. And I, for me, that was just like, that's how we continue to be in this political cycle where we get nothing in it because we don't ask for nothing on the front end, right? It's personality driven, identity uh, driven. Like, oh, just he's he's a brother, so he I mean he's good. He's gonna be good for the black community. That's not always true. I'm not saying that's not true. I'm saying, but that's more most more than one, most of the time that hasn't been the case, right? And I thought for me, I learned a lot of lessons um, from the Obama, right? I had a lot of hopes and dreams and believed in a change. And a lot of the stuff that was promised didn't happen, right? Mm. So that left me jaded to this kind of just giving support based on a personality, right? Or outline or, or a caricature of an individual. And I always, like, I'm, something I've really been thinking about a lot, like how important we need to have agenda on the front end that if you want our support, you have to agree to our agenda, right? And developing that agenda is going to be the thing that you hold people accountable for. Are there other ways you've been thinking about when it comes to accountability once a person is in office in this moment we have now, how do we set ourselves up for success in this moment so that when this individual is elected, uh, then we can hold them accountable uh, and set up structures to hold them accountable uh, that we don't find ourselves in this cycle again? I mean, one one aspect that kind of comes to mind immediately for me is just, um, you know, with Mayor Barrett uh, on his uh, potentially on his way out and um, a change in the mayor's seats um, nigh, uh, there's conversation about how Milwaukee has a tendency to have, say, the same mayor for a really, really long time. So maybe part of that accountability is 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 just kind of breaking that uh, habit or that tradition or that conditioning of sitting with the same uh, political leadership for a very long time and making people in those seats feel as though that, you know, if I'm in this seat, I may not be long for this seat if I don't deliver on certain policies for the community. I can't just kind of sit here because, you know, I, me, myself, um, I'm 25 and I can't, I don't know any, uh, like a lot of people, like, like, I don't know any mayor other than like mayor, mayor Barrett in Milwaukee. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? There's never been, he's always been the mayor, you know what I mean? uh, In my conscious existence. So it, 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 uh, so I think that's an aspect of it at least. Yeah. Um, I just think that like, you know, and R- Rafi, we talked about this the other day. This is a tough thing, but I, I believe that our, the future, right? Like generations after us are being more um, aware of like the collectiveness, right? Of what our communities need. Whereas I do think that like with some of our older, you know, the older folks in our families, right? Like, um, you know, our elders and stuff, right? They, they've been waiting so long and they look at their life, um, as coming to an end and, and they don't want to see it come to an end without having seen, right. The first, um, you know, the first black president, right. Like the first, uh, um, 
you know, U.S. Senate, a black U.S. Senate leader from Wisconsin, right, being a, a young black man, they don't you want I- their their time to go without that happen, right? Like the first mm-hmm. black, the first black mayor of Milwaukee, right? Um, uh, so, you know, it's something, I don't know, it's, it's something that I struggle with because we definitely need those first, right? We definitely need those folks to, we have to start somewhere. Um, but I believe that the continued education and the community that we're doing, right? Like the organizing that we're doing, the conversations that we're having with young people before they're even a eligible to vote, right? Like the, the work that folks at lit are doing. I think that's the accountability that we're waiting for. That's the accountability that we're looking for, right? Because they're going to grow up to be so politically educated that when they get to their thirties, forties, fifties, and sixties, right? Like they don't have that. Like, I just want to see the first Latina, uh, state representative, or I just want to see the first black U S Senator, right? They're not going to have those same wishes and desires because we'll be past that. Yeah. The standards right? will be different. The expectations will be different. I mean, like thinking of uh, thinking of Mandela Barnes, I mean, like one thing that he as lieutenant governor is really focused a lot on is uh, climate change and climate change is a issue which may see some um, disconnect maybe for elderly for some elderly folks. Some elderly folks are really, really concerned, really, really aware of it. And others are not. And then some others also are aware of it. Uh, Like I have family members who are really aware of the climate issue, but they also are like, well, that's y'all's problem. You know, I'm going to be gone and Mm -hmm. that sucks, but God is good. And that, and then the conversation ends there, you know what I mean? So it, so there's like this, so, you know, taking the Mandela example, it's like, there's what agenda do you put forward, but then also who does that, agenda actually connect to you know um which may fuel why people vote for whoever you know can we have a real conversation for us for a second sure always always representation is not liberation correct right and i think we and let me let me just say this before i go on i think representation is important but it's an icing on the cake it's not the cake Right. Uh, if yep. all things like if you have this, say you just give uh, if you have a very progressive white candidate, I mean, like very progressive, like Bernie said, left to the left of Bernie Sanders. And you have this neoliberal. African-American candidate. I don't think it's wise on us to just support the black candidate just for the sake of supporting a black candidate in that. And I think we fall into that a lot of the times, right? Like I think we we let representation continue our oppression, right? I think it's a lot of stuff that you are able to do with folks who, like Kamala Harris, she was the top cop, right? Yeah. But it was like any pushback on like her as VP, it was you're you 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 you're going against the black people and right and that but that continues to allow uh folks to like Kamala Harris to to live in this part this in between where she gets all the benefits and the cover of blackness and gets to avoid the accountability of it while also doing all the terrible things that we talk about when we talk about neoliberal uh individuals Right. So how do we and I think that's what it is like we have to educate our people at the grassroots level. And that's when I was talking about my own. I really was trying to get at like. 
yes, if you have a progressive, a super progressive African-American candidate that is down for defunding the police and climate change and stuff like that, and then you have a, a white candidate saying, go for the brother 100% of the time or go for the sister, you know? But if 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 you have one candidate on one hand, this is outside of the Mandela thing, right? But you yeah. have one candidate on the other hand who is, who is fits uh, identity narrative that we are like to see when it comes to representation, but it has terrible ideology or bad ideology versus somebody who might be uh, a white male. Let's use the most extreme. White male has a great political ideology that's going to actually impact your life on a social economic level that we shouldn't just give support over to the candidate with the, the the white identity or that fits the representation. And that does a lot of harm to our community. And that's how we stay in this cycle of do nothing politicians, in my opinion. Yeah. Um, when I think about it and when I, and when I think about uh, some of the conversations I was having with my family around the time Obama got elected and et cetera, I mean, like, context is important, I think. And it's, it's in like the context of, of, um, I guess individuals, what, what, what individuals had to grow up through themselves or whatever, and what standards they think of as, as their, uh, the standards that they set forward for their elected officials. Um, I try to be empathetic of that. You know what I mean? I try to kind of understand where it comes from just like with the I'm just I'm going to vote for him because he's going to be the first black president my parents never they told me up and down I never thought this would ever happen I thought I would go to the grave and never even seen a guy run I I get I I get that but in in 2021 we really really have to move beyond just that that can't just be the bare minimum bar you know because uh, with too many policies, whether you're talking about climate change, whether you're talking about um, what we're going to do with police and military spending, whether you're uh, talking about how we're going to distribute housing and, and, and how we're going to distribute these these uh, ARPA funds and et cetera. These are really pressing issues of now, you know, and and post post Biden getting elected, at least at the federal level and, and or at the national level, you know, uh, Democrats are in a position where they can get a lot of pol- uh, get a lot of really progressive policies done. We were trying to water it down and et cetera, you know, and 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 argue and 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 and, and bicker and 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 basically fun- and functionally some people are just Republicans at, at this point wearing a Democratic cloak, you know, it kind of goes back to the identity politics thing. This is out of. I think we might just lost Isaiah, but I, I completely I, I'm here. Uh, I hear what you say, Isaiah. And um, I, I, it's just it, it bothers me yeah. a lot that we headed into 2020 because I, I remember, you know, I've been doing this a while now. And I remember just having these same conversations in 2016, in 2018, right? right? right. Like, and, and it seems like we get this amnesia every time it's electoral year. And then we like sit here and when it's odd, you're like, they're not doing nothing. Like it was a poll that just came out 
that uh, I think Biden has lost support amongst all his key constituencies, right? Like black folks, Latinx folks, uh, women, like, uh, and that's, and the folks like asking why is like, well, it's no, it's no way to hold folks accountable once they get in office if you don't have to do something on th in this period of time, in the odd years, right? And it, it, it just, I'm at a point now where I, I'm just tired of us having the same conversations every two to four years. And, and it's all usually cloaked in this, uh, who's good and who bad and uh, is in cloaked in like this representational uh, identity um, I don't like to use identity politics. That's the language of the uh, the right. But this, uh, yeah, but it, it's cloaked in this, just representation for representation's sake. And that's not going to get us anywhere yeah. right, mm. at all. You know? And I, 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 I hear you, Rafi, and I absolutely agree, right? Like, it's not, I think that like those demographics, right? Like male, female, queer, POC, I think all of that stuff comes after right? Mm -hmm. Comes after ideology, values, policy that they plan to put forward, right? I think that those are the, uh, the secondary thought, right? Similar to your saying that it's the icing, right? It's not the cake. Mm -hmm. um, and like, when, like thinking about Kamala Harris, right? Like her being a black woman or um, none of that mattered when she was a presidential candidate, right? Like she didn't succeed. She didn't get far. Um, right. Candidates like Bernie Sanders um, and Elizabeth Warren um, definitely overpowered her. Right. Like over, over, you know, got got more support than she did. Um, and so, like, I think that I don't know. And and here in Wisconsin, too. Right. Like we think about the, the handful of electeds that we have that are doing some good stuff like they're still in the legislature, right? They're still not in the majority. And so like, there's also, this stuff can't, I don't think it can effectively change in one election cycle, right? Like in every two years, we got the legislature up for re-election. We're not gonna see a huge change in two years, right? Like we're not gonna see a huge change in four years. Um, shit, we might not even see a huge change in 10 years. Um, there, I think that there's a lot of factors, but I don't know. Again, I go back to like the organizing, right? The year round education that we're doing outside of um, election year, outside of a presidential year. It's the it's the conversations that hopefully we're going to start having as a community um, and, a, and as a progressive network around the mayoral race. Right. Like we got two announced candidates. Right. Chevy Johnson and Arnell Lucas. Um, for and for those unfamiliar, she means Cavalier. <laughs> yes <laughs> i don't know a lot of people that call him cavalier but yes cavalier johnson um what is mama call him <laughs> what does his mama call him who knows that's but a like, good question how are we gonna push them how are we going to like make sure that they are having the conversations that need to be had right because if we aren't gonna talk about it we know they're not gonna talk about it so I don't know. I think we're making progress. I absolutely 100% believe what you're saying and, and I'm with you on that stuff, but. Yeah. So, so what, so what are, um, you know, I mean, like as, as it stands now with uh, the uh, whole mayor issue, where, where do you, how are you two sitting right now with, with, with how, with, 
with um i mean like we don't have any candidates now so just with the general situation right now in the climate this would would sit on your minds jaded and hopeful if that makes sense <laughs> it's it like does. it's a huge opportunity right like you 25 you haven't had <laughs> your political life you haven't you only had one mayor this this doesn't happen right mm. yeah, shit i'm I'm 36. I only I think I've only had two like that I remember Norquist and uh, and Barrett. So this is a huge opportunity. But the reason I feel jaded is because I I I feel at this point in time I see ourselves going on the same pattern that we go along, and then we're gonna elect somebody who's gonna just run out the clock once they're in office. And that's why I hope we don't do that. Right? I really hope we don't do that. I think what you talked about, Joanna, is so important. It's about this outside piece. We got to get our stuff together on the outside when it comes to the organizing right, and political education of our community. Then they react to that. I come, uh, I, I'm an organizer. I organizing, my organizing tradition is agitational. Uh, I was an organizer with the Fight for 15. That was very in your face and agitational when it came to elect, uh, elected officials and just electoral politics, uh, politics period. And I think we need some more agitation <laughs> in our politics. I think it's it's uh, a little bit too nice. And I think you can only get that true agitation and coming from only comes from when you uh, you go out in the public and you you awaken to people to their conditions, right? So, yeah, I, you're right. Yeah, I, I think that for I think that's how I feel. I, I feel hopeful that this is an opportunity. But I'm kind of feeling like we're not going to really be prepared. I'm hopeful that we might be prepared for this to take advantage of this opportunity. But from my history and what I've witnessed, uh, I don't know if we're going to be, if we're ready for the, to take advantage of this opportunity. Yeah, I I definitely feel like it's a huge opportunity. Um, and just like you, Rafi, I'm on the side of hopefulness that we take advantage of it, right? Norquest, John Norquest, the mayor. Well, so there was Marvin Pratt who was interim mayor for a bit right when Norquist stepped down but um Norquist was elected from 1988 to 2004 right then we had Marvin Pratt as interim mayor that was super quick because then in the election Mayor Barrett beat him in that election right so we've had Barrett since 04 to now or to whenever he gets appointed um and and that's that's freaking nuts. Like that is wild that we, that they have both had this like tenure of like forever. <laughs> and, um, and so like, I hope that in addition to like shaping the conversation of who gets elected to the next, who, who becomes the next Milwaukee mayor that we have the conversation that like, we don't need to stay electing folks, right? Like we don't need to keep reelecting and reelecting folks that aren't following through on the promises that they are making us um, as candidates, right? Like, I hope that we have that educational piece in it because it, mm. it's not right. And like, it, it's just stand, for me, it's just standard that we cannot have one person in power for that long of a time. Like, how do you implement change with the exact same leaders? Like, you know, right? Like you can't do the same thing and expect different results. So yeah. Yeah. yeah and, and that's, what people are kind of talk talking about right out the gate with um with a uh, with a uh, with uh, the mayor's race now and kind of Cavalier Johnson kind of set to at least hold the seat until an election happens. Uh, just the fact that Milwaukee does hold on to mayor so long, and even though 
even though there's still an election to to happen and more candidates are, are, are to be announced, it's almost like the, it's like a sticky seat or something. You know, whoever sits in it do, doesn't get back up from it for a long time. And kind of going back to what Ralphie said about kind of like the uh, the uh, at the uh, the uh, pol- the uh, need for ad- uh, agitation in in low, uh, in our politics right now. Um, it it what you said kind of reminds me of um, this press luncheon, this uh, Milwaukee press club luncheon that happened recently that uh, gave myself and other reporters in the area an opportunity to listen to Cavalier Johnson kind of lay out his his whole uh, thing for becoming mayor and everything. And there's a couple things he he touched on a lot. He touched on he 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 talked a lot about jobs, you know, uh, wanting to bring more jobs here. And he talked a lot about improving the uh, city's relationship with the state government uh, and that. Uh, as soon as word got out that he was to be the next mayor, once Mayor Barrett uh, goes on his um, ambassadorship, uh, he said that there were a lot of Republicans uh, who were reaching out to him and seemed excited about getting new blood in, in Milwaukee and working with someone new and et cetera. And just based off of the rhetoric that I've seen come out of a lot of the Republicans in our state, that that's interesting to me to wonder who would be willing to work with you and why, you know, and what do they want exactly? Uh, it, it It's just interesting when you got people like Representative Sam Filippo who are calling for, let's send the National Guard to Milwaukee because of gun violence, you know, like, do you, you know, like, it's just it's interesting. Very rare. <laughs> uh, it's very rare that that type of statement where Republicans have reached out to me uh, in, hope, uh, in hopes, so I forget the full quote, uh, anything good for people at the grassroots level in progressive politics <laughs> that usually is, is usually the opposite it's more of moving to the center right like let's let's give away medicare let's yeah i know that's not uh, at the city level but that, that's usually what happens at a, a national level so i mean that doesn't <laughs> hearing that doesn't give me any type of uh hope for again what this opportunity uh, will be able to provide us, right? Like, yeah, I mean, like one thing he talked about, another thing he talked a lot about putting more cops on the street as well, you know, uh, making communities safe through through that while also uh, uh, acknowledging other strategies too, but put more cops on the street as well, which is interesting because if Ernell Lucas, the sheriff is going to run, that'll kind of split the um support between the in in the police community you know that'll be interesting um one person yeah. who yeah no i just more police on this is why again i go back to how important joanna is and her, what she's trying attempt to do is because i have yet to t- hear a elected official talk about the root causes of violence and how you go about mm-hmm. not just more police on that is not it's been a lot of police on the streets before that is not you have to get at the root causes of what's going on in the community the social economic causes of what's going on right now right. i haven't heard a politician like no we, we're gonna actually do stuff that is preventative right right like living giving people a living wage they won't keyword like keyword yeah. preventative 
preventative. Yeah. And a living wage so they won't feel like they have to turn to the black market to make money to provide for right. Right. Like no who talk nobody's talking like that. Like I hear nobody talking about like uh you know. Instead of like being punitive when it comes to people who are, have drug addiction, let's find a more humane way to treat them, right? Right. Mm-hmm. And it's always going to the same old, same old. Like more police yeah. is not the answer. We we seen that. We know how that. We know that's not the answer. But it it's just an easy thing to give to the, the people because that's the all the people know, and that's why that political education, political education on our end as organizers and people in the community has to happen. We have to get people. And the alternative to more policing, because elected officials is going to always turn that because that's like a that's like a cookie for the society. It's like a, yeah, it's like a go to. And yeah. you know, with with the with the couple minutes that we have left, you know, I I I I did want to elevate the words of a uh, of a uh, Markasha Tucker. Um, Markasha, uh, brother. Markasha, sorry, <laughs> Markasha <laughs> Tucker of the African American Roundtable. Uh, because she was at that press club lunch and she got in and uh, and uh, asked uh, Johnson uh, Johnson a question about base a pretty confrontational question, uh, basically saying, you know, I've been sitting here for well over an hour listening to you talk, and I haven't heard you say anything about systemic racism um, or uh, or uh, systemic issues or how you overcome that. And I sent her a couple of questions, and I just wanted to uh, read out a couple of her answers really quickly. Uh, one question I asked her was, you know, why uh, did you choose the question that you asked uh, President Johnson uh, about, you know, systemic racism and and why you why he hadn't really talked a lot about that during that luncheon. And her answer was, quote, President Johnson talked about wanting to support black men specifically with job opportunities, but didn't talk about the barriers and systemic and structural racism that also adds to the barriers of why black men can't get jobs or access to jobs that are self-sustaining or family sustaining and or family sustaining. His his answer wasn't a sufficient one for me. He mentioned nothing he planned to do that would support destroying these uh, obstacles. She also mentioned that, quote, I'm in his district and uh, get newsletters, but I've never seen him in in my neighborhood or knocking at my door to hear any concerns my neighbors or I have. It's it's so important to hear the voices of your constituents and know that everyone isn't going to email or call the city to discuss their needs. City officials need to come to us. Uh, my additional experiences with Johnson was in 2019 when uh, uh, when we went to discuss uh, the uh, launch of the African-American Roundtable's Liberate Milwaukee campaign with the $25 million ask to support uh, community investment like jobs for young people, affordable quality housing, and public health, and 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 divest from police. Instead of leaning in towards the demands of the people and and those uh, needs, he went on to immediately pivot towards transportation. We were turned off by what appeared to be his lack of interest and in what we were lifting up based on the community conversations we had. We had uh, we haven't really felt supported by him when it comes to liberate MKE. Uh, so those were some of her her uh, her uh, thoughts, and it's it's. I, I, you know, I think it kind of speaks for itself. 
Yeah, hopefully we can have Marquesa on the show um, one of these upcoming episodes so that we can talk more about her. I'm sure there is a ton more to come with the Milwaukee mayoral race, right? Like we don't even know when the election is going to be yet. Um, So this is definitely going to continue to evolve. And, you know, maybe we'll see more candidates. I never think that it's a bad thing to have um, options for the people. And so hopefully we'll get some more candidates out there so that we can continue to have these conversations and um, bring up what's important to us, right? Like if we don't get behind a candidate, at least we can move the needle on talking about the topics that are impacting our communities the most. Mm-hmm. I mean, yes, 100%. And I just, first, Marquesa, you are amazing. That was, <laughs> that is what's necessary. And that's that agitation that we talked about. And, and yeah, and in closing, I would just say like, this is, I'm so happy that we have this space, right? Mm-hmm. That we can like talk about these type of stuff. If, without spaces like this, a conversation like this, it doesn't, it won't rise to the surface and people won't care. So I'm glad that we have this space now that we can have these type of conversations. And uh, I look forward to many more between now and uh, the mayoral race. So yeah, uh, all that pressure. I'd like to end with uh, just one more, just with uh, with a, just one more quote uh, from a Marquesa. Um, we need someone, quote, we need someone with a bold vision that includes everyone in our city, specifically black and brown communities who have been disproportionately divested from. We also need someone who is willing to step away from the status quo our decision-making power in residents' hands through participatory budgeting, divest from police and be supportive of resourcing the capacity of other programs that support the needs of the community and do something that will cause our city and residents to truly thrive. What up? Well said.